This is Your Life, God's Truth, your QFM. It's Phil, and I've got Pastor Gus with me on the line on this hot, uh, what day is it? It's Thursday today, actually. How you doing? I'm doing all right, and I love the hotness, that's for sure. As a Southern California boy, it can't even get hot enough for me. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I've got uh, my daughter from California is coming this weekend, and I told her how hot it was going to be, and she said, oh, sounds good to me. So, Yep, I'm with her. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, it'll be fun at the lakes, and we do pray for our farmers and that sort of thing, because we need some rain, don't we? Yeah, I, I prefer food over hot weather, that's yes. for sure. Oof, yeah, no kidding. Well, thank you for taking the time. We weren't able to connect yesterday, and this is likely going to air on Friday as we head on into the weekend, and we pray that everybody does have a, a terrific weekend, and so forth. Uh, you know, as followers of Jesus, Gus, um, it is good. I mean, we need to experience joy. I mean, he is about joy and freedom and all of that. But at the same time, it's not going to necessarily be easy. And we're going to dive into a subject regarding our faith and, you know, where we are as a church and that kind of thing here in a second. I, I wanted to mention something that I heard today. It was kind of interesting in Scripture, when God said to Joshua at the time, Moses was out of the picture, and he said, it's time for you to go into the promised land. And when you think about that on the surface, that sounds pretty good. You know, we're going to go in there, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be easy, and, you know, it's going to be beautiful, and uh, everything's going to be perfect. But they had to fight for every square inch of that, didn't they, as they I made I love that. Way. Like, I'm only chuckling because I know... <laughs> <laughs> going into the promised land didn't really mean barbecues and fishing. Yeah. <laughs> it meant a lot of war. Oh, and, it, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's a, kind of a metaphor of the spiritual battle that we are in. And I was uh, also texting with some of my siblings and troubles going on in their families. I, you know, everything from separation and divorce and jail time. And it's like, wow, I mean, your head is just kind of spinning. And uh, these are all families who know the Lord, and sometimes the, the kids wander off. So it, it's, it's a battle. And, and not only is it a battle in our families, but it's a battle in our churches right now, too, isn't it, Gus, across the country? Yeah, there is a battle. There's like this uh, real uh, hard-line uh, liberalism that is taking over many evangelical churches. Yeah. Yeah, I, we were listening to some clips from Janet Mefford's show last week, and she was saying how this harkens back 50, 60 years ago when the mainline denominations really uh, turned, they took that hard turn to the left in many of them, not all of them. I mean, there's still some mainline churches that are trying to hold to biblical truth. But boy, I tell you, for the most part, your mainline uh, denominations, they're a liberal mess right now. Yeah, they are, and unfortunately, those that were more conservative are becoming more and more of a mess now, too. Yeah, yep, and I think the enemy is really trying now to infiltrate evangelical, Bible-believing churches and doing it in a, in a variety of ways. You know, you've got some very popular uh, authors, preachers, even musicians, even some that that we have played at one time or another on your QFM where they're kind of walking back on how they feel about Scripture and the truth of Scripture and 
I think kind of being pressured because they have friends who are gay or whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, well, maybe maybe the Bible isn't really uh, to be taken at face value. You know, uh, it's creeping in. It is creeping in. Listen, I had just three new families come to uh, church here over the past, oh, probably six months or so. They all left the same church that their pastor wouldn't publicly speak against the sin of abortion. Mm. Amongst other things, though, they were very liberal. They were really kind of anti-Trump, the, and by they I mean the pastor and his wife. And and they just the, the people that came to my church were like, we just we can't do it. We can't, you know, continue to be led by a man who won't even say publicly that he would say a public or privately that abortion isn't the best course of action, but not publicly. And uh, and then he just resigned. Really? Yeah, he just res- <laughs> and I just I don't know the whole story, but I know that a man who stands behind a pulpit of God that can't say abortion is sinful, yeah, needs to resign. Like get out from behind that pulpit, brother. Yeah, actually, you're right. I mean, he did the right thing. Now, hopefully, that doesn't mean he's going to move on and you know take another church somewhere. But that is happening too. You know, where well, I'll go somewhere where people. Uh, think better of me. There's a really good example of this in the metro area. Uh, I know there's a church down there that was really big, the Church of the Open Door. I've been to it a few times in Maple Grove, and they had a pastor that they loved dearly, and he did retire recently. And he was a a very good, solid, Bible-believing pastor. But then they had this secondary guy, associate pastor, for a number of years, that would preach uh, on occasion, give the other guy a break. Well, he left the church. The, uh, the associate guy now, he's left the church, and he's in a more uh, homosexual-affirming congregation. He just said, well, I, uh, I, I can't do it anymore, and so I'm going to go where that is more accepting. And I'm not saying he himself is gay. I don't know that, but he just didn't want to be a part of a church that was willing to say that it was a, a sin, you know? I, he didn't want to be viewed as hateful, I suppose, right, Gus? <laughs> well, who knows, but that is a very good guess. Uh, but he probably ought to remember what happened to all of the original 12 disciples. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't die uh, sipping on coffee uh, at their lake cabin, yeah. right? They yeah. died very tumultuous, murderous deaths. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I'm prepared to do that. Like, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. But when you have that kind of pedigree as a preacher of the Word of God, you have to think at some point, well, the culture is getting more hostile to the message of Christianity, and that's my pedigree, so come what may. Yeah. But there are too many guys that are like, yeah, no, we want to water down the message, or we want to change with the times, or we want to you know, become woke, and I just, that's a, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. It's a bad, in fact, if you go to a church like that, you ought to leave. Yeah. You really ought to leave. But you don't just leave and just kind of, you know, just kind of escape. You go to the pastor's office and say, this is why I'm leaving. That's what I want to get to with you, Gus, because, you know, there's people struggling uh, throughout, even our listening area now. Uh, they're sad to see what's happening, even now in some evangelical churches. There's hints that, oh, why? what is my pastor really saying here? And 
and where is that coming from? And you maybe bring in a newer, younger pastor or something that came from a seminary and, boy, not really sure where they stand on this. And it's tempting to just leave, pack up the family and say, you know what, I'm not dealing with it. I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, And you do have to protect your family. But what else can we do or should we do to try to help protect the church? Well, that's one of the main things. You have to have the courage enough to say why you're leaving. So if you're going to get mad at your pastor for not having the courage to say what needs to be said, you better have the courage to say what needs to be said. Yeah. Um, so that's certainly, that's the wow. main thing. And, and any pastor wants to grow their church. I don't care if they're liberal or conservative. They want more people to preach to, okay? Yeah. And if a bunch of people all of a sudden started leaving for the same reason, you know, because that particular pastor is trying to become more ecumenical in their wokeness, then he's going to have a, a, you know, a second thought at some point. Or he's going to double down and be like, hey, don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out. Yeah. But either way, he's got to know. And so when you have to move out, you've got to find somebody that will teach what it is the devil is attacking, teach against what it is the devil is attacking. Listen, I've never given a sermon on the terribleness of cannibalism. Yeah. Because <laughs> there is no cannibals around, right? Yeah. So, but I've given quite a few sermons, uh, you know, on how critical race theory is terrible and, you know, how Black Lives Matter, they do, but as an organization, they're terrible. And, you know, the Bible does speak to these, you know, things. I've talked about abortion probably a thousand different times. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Speaking of critical race theory, your dad sent uh, a post out today. I don't know if you've seen it. This was amazing. There's a picture of two little girls, okay? The first one is a little white girl, big smile on her face. She's probably five years old. And it says, blaming her for slavery. And then they go to the next picture, a little five-year-old Asian girl, just a cute, cute as a bug, is like blaming her for Pearl Harbor. Wow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. Right. But so many preachers, they're not interested in speaking about those issues. They just want to talk about Noah and Moses. Now, I'm not saying that talking about Noah and Moses is bad. I'm just saying if you just talk about the Bible stories and never apply those stories to the culture in which you live, that's bad. Yes, yes. What's going on right now? That's what we need as families who are desperately trying to raise our kids, and the atmosphere's Horrific. You know, we talked earlier this week about even just these little cartoon shows now on Nickelodeon and PBS or wherever. I mean, it's everywhere, this whole critical race theory and and obviously the sexual stuff. You know, Blue's Clues had the gay pride parade and hundreds of thousands of, you know, three to six year olds are watching that in our country. And it's it's crazy. It's just in our Uh face. And the church, this is a battle, you know. It's a battle, and if your pastor doesn't engage in the battle, go somewhere else. And if you can't find anybody to engage in the battle, there are plenty of people online that do engage in the battle, and you can have some satellite campuses, because, you know, satellite campuses aren't a bad thing, but they are a bad thing if you never congregate together with other believers. Yeah. Right? So if you can, heck, even myself, for goodness sake, if somebody in your area wants to start a church, then I'll help them start a church. Yeah. I'm not going to acquiesce, you know, from the preaching of the Word of God. And we just need, you know, anytime 
you know, the church turns into something that God didn't intend it to turn into, people rise up. Yeah. It just happens. And maybe somebody within the sound of my voice right now is being motivated by God to be like, you know what, I can be a local leadership. I might not be the preacher on a Sunday morning, but this Yahoo up in Warroad can be our preacher, and we can galvanize together and, and advance the kingdom and yeah. in Park Rapids or wherever you happen to live. <laughs> Warroad Community Church, check it out. That's uh, where you are, Pastor, and bold, and, and I know uh, you're going to take Scripture and apply it to today's issues. I know you do because I've heard it myself. So Warroad Community Church, that's obviously an option. I, I, I heard this, uh, and it ended up just being this amazing word picture to me, as uh, when the day comes that we go to, to meet Jesus, and we, we die and go on to heaven, you know, it's not like we're going in as this victorious uh, uh, person that's had this great life and, and so forth. I mean, the picture should be this, of a soldier that is tired, battered, and worn, and he's coming home. I mean, it yes. just chokes me up when you think Amen. about it. Amen. You know, you know the title of my message this Sunday, brother, is where, when the Holy Spirit said this to me, build me an army, not an audience. Wow. Exactly. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm talking about, being a soldier for Christ this upcoming yeah. Sunday. You're just confirming the <laughs> things that have been in my spirit. Yeah, yeah. And just picture that, you know, the tired old soldier coming home. You think of those Civil War movies we've all seen and so forth, and they're just beat and battered, but they were battling for something that meant something. That should be us. And I'm not saying you can't experience joy and peace because we get that. We get the hills in the valleys, even Psalm 23. Uh, you know, the, the, he's beside me in those green pastures. But then in just a, a few short words later, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, it's both, you know, it uh, both, and yep. it's just a battle uh, that we are in and uh, so anyway, but right now for the, the soul of the church and we think of the Bible-believing churches and I, you know, you oftentimes throw the word evangelical out there, but really it's in a lot of cases non-denominational Bible-believing churches. Forget about the word evangelical if you want to, but unfortunately Satan is now silently attacking there as well. And a lot of it is these crazy bloggers that are out there and things like that. So many pastors are filling their heads with all this stuff. Uh, you know, the Gen Hat makers of the world. Even Beth Moore is on a slippery slope right now. Max Licato. Uh, I mean, it just the list is growing uh, weekly. Man, I, I wasn't. I've heard a Gen Hat maker. I've heard all three of those, but I, yeah. I know she was endorsing homosexuality some years ago, but I hadn't heard about Lakato or more yet. Well, it's and I'm not saying they're all in, but they're definitely on a slippery slope. And and the thing about it, <laughs> you know, I hesitate to bring up uh, Trump because he was just this crazy polarizing figure. But for some so reason... So Jesus, but that's well, okay. Well, true. And, <laughs> and certainly we're not equating those two either. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. But it's... He brought uh, a polarization on very, very important issues to the forefront. I, I don't even fully understand it, but he did. And, you know, it's not about worshiping that guy at all. It's just standing up for truth, I think, uh, in a lot of these policies. And 
uh, I don't know. It just ended up, wow. I mean, the lines started to really get blurry. It's weird. It is weird, but we do have a plumb line that we've got to yeah. go to. The problem is so many other people have the same plumb line, but they just interpreted it, you know, in a demonic way. Yeah. And I'm not saying I've got the corner market on all interpretation with Scripture. That's not it. But I, I do feel like I, I have a good uh, heartbeat and head on my shoulders about saying what needs to be said in a yeah. culture that is slowly but surely uh, eroding into, um, into some naughtiness. Yeah. Well, for sure. And the number of people, even in the church now, that believe in you know, the inerrant Word of God, that number is just shrinking. And it's shinking fairly quickly too. So it's is it, interesting. Is it like twenty four percent or twenty five percent? Yeah. So yeah. people in the church. So twenty five percent of the people in the church That's are right. saying that only twenty five are saying that the scripture is perfect. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Well, all of the listeners that are listening to us right now, you can rest assured that a hundred percent of the scriptures are perfect. They are inerrant. If you think that there are some errors in the scripture, you're wrong. Yeah. Right, you're just wrong. Show me one. Yeah. I'll be happy to engage in, in, in <laughs> exactly. that. I think I have the apologetics for almost all of them, unless there's some that you that you figured out that I haven't yeah. gotten around to studying yet. But it's Oof. it's perfect, and yeah. we need to be okay with the perfection in a book of a perfect God. Amen. And uh, I read this uh, yesterday too. It says if we are not grounded. In the inerrant Word of God, we will unknowingly accept philosophies and teachings that will lead us astray. But when biblical truth has saturated our mind and heart, we will sense a red flag pop up in our spirit whenever we encounter an erroneous concept. I mean, that's pretty good, and that's Amen. what we need. that's super good. Yeah. And, and just because we're airing this on Friday, let me just tell everybody, go to church on Sunday. Don't just be some sort of naysayer that sits there and, you know, go to church and have the questions and, and answer session with your pastors. And if you have to leave churches, then leave churches. But, yeah. you know, don't just do it sneakily. Exactly. Let's stand up for our churches, even the one you're in. And maybe your pastor just needs someone to come alongside and say, you know what? Don't go down that path because uh, you're being led astray. Pastors aren't perfect, and Amen. You know they need people. Run. You know how about getting on a church board, Gus? I mean, do that. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like I don't lead this church by myself. I got yeah. a board of men that we lead together because we've locked arms together. We love each other. We disagree on some things, but that's exactly the way it should be. We yeah. care enough about each other to say what the other needs to hear, as opposed to. You know, just being yes men, you know? Amen. Wow. All right. Well, you have a terrific weekend, Gus, and bless you as you bring the word in church on Sunday. And I don't think I'll be connecting with you for a couple of weeks. I've got some things going on, uh, but we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Sounds good, my friend. Build Uh, me an army, not an audience. Amen. All right. Love that. Hey, this is and Warroad Community Church. Check it out. Uh, you've got the website. You li- you still live streaming? Still live streaming yeah. on Facebook, 10 a.m. Okay. every Sunday. Okay, very good. Pastor Gus, God bless you. And this is your life, God's truth, your QFM.